listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 15th of November 2021. Later, Japan's economy contracts as supply chain issues bite. But what does that mean for Australian consumers looking to buy Japanese products, especially as we head into Christmas? But first to the Australian share market, which rose today. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.4%, 7,470. For more, I spoke earlier with James Rosenberg from ELNC Bailu. James, the market is up today. Why? Ricardo, we continue on from the uh, change in momentum on Friday. It was a bit of a soggy week last week. We've uh, seen some pretty good leads in the US on Friday night, so that set the tone for a pretty good day's trading. Some big names are trading a little bit lower in the resources space, BHP and Rio. Combank's down a little bit. So given that, the fact that the market's up in excess of 20 points is pretty positive. It's a broad-based rally. Tech is strong. Consumer discretionary strong. Healthcare. Uh, a lot of names are up. Big bounce from uh, from Domino's, which has been underperforming for a little bit. So overall, pretty positive start to the week. Uh, last week, uh, one of the big stories was that inflation number out, out of the US. To what extent, though, are there still these inflationary concerns baked into the market? And has that changed the way that you're investing? Very much. It's a, it's a continuing issue that's going to be uh, something that markets are going to face for a while, and particularly, uh, or probably until uh, the presumable reappointment of uh, Jerome Powell. The Fed very much appears to have been asleep at the wheel with inflation um, surging in the United States and anything but transitory. So um, it is going to hang around for a while. In terms of a change of approach, Not really. I've always tried to avoid companies that have got a lot of debt, but you've got to be more careful about it in an environment of um, rising inflation and therefore rising interest rates. We've really got to be looking at avoiding uh, companies with a lot of debt. Um, Real estate investment trusts and infrastructure stocks are pretty heavily leveraged, at least from a valuation perspective, to uh, rising interest rates. And in an inflationary environment, you really want to be avoiding companies that have to have a prayer meeting to put prices up because those companies are going to see their margins get shredded. Today, good reports from both Insitec Pivot and Elders. Yeah, they did. Insitec had a very good headline, uh, sorry, very good underlying uh, profit result with a surge in profits. Um, the headline was impacted by some write downs in their. Uh, US uh, manufacturing business and also costs associated with the looming shutdown of Gibson Island in Queensland, although they are looking at having a uh, joint venture with Fortescue to green ammonia. The company sees uh, green ammonia prices coming onto parity with uh, fossil fuel uh, ammonia in the next 20 years. So strong result from them. Elders, again, um, having a good recovery from what's been a difficult few years with uh, drought, surging land prices and very, very strong, uh, particularly beef prices as farmers restock after the drought. And internationally, we had some numbers. Japan's economy has contracted faster than expected. Chinese numbers have come in ahead of expectations in a good way. So what does this say about these regional economies and the implications for Australia? 
Well, they're very specific cases. Japan, of course, has had rolling lockdowns with a surge of uh, COVID cases in the September quarter. Their GDP rate of uh, 0.8% um, was, was weaker than the market expected. Um, in China, retail sales were pretty strong, uh, as was industrial production. And that data has been bouncing around for a little bit in, in China for a while. Um, today's numbers were a bit stronger. There is the thought that if needed, the Chinese government has got the capacity to um, stimulate the economy. But the overall debt of a lot of those companies continues to loom over not only their market, but markets around the world. They're incredibly important to us. They're huge uh, trading partners. So always that data is keenly watched. But really, it's trends that we're looking for rather than uh, one-off things, and particularly things that are COVID-related uh, and uh, and can bounce back pretty pretty strongly, which we've seen in our economy and around the world. James Rosenberg there from ELNC Value. But on more on those Japanese numbers, the economy down by 0.8% in the September quarter. Uh, it comes as a state of emergency and supply chain issues hit its economy. Uh, supply issues have also world wide implications, especially because Japan is a very large exporter. It may implicate what kinds of products you may access in the lead up to Christmas. So for more on that, I spoke earlier with independent economist Janu Chan. Janu, before we go into the numbers, just how important is Japan's economy, I guess, to Australia and to the world? Japan's a very important economy for the world. It's the world's third largest economy, so it's quite important. And for Australia, it's very important, particularly in relation to trade. Japan's our second largest export market. And uh, Japan is Australia's third largest import market. And the largest import that we are receiving from Japan is cars. Um, the numbers out today showed a 0.8% contraction in the quarter, 3% annualised. Um, why have we seen that contraction? Because it's the second contraction uh, this year, but not necessarily two in, a, uh, two in a row. In one word, it is COVID-19. COVID-19 is the main reason for the contraction. A state of emergency was in place, COVID cases were rising, and that's hit consumer spending quite significantly. Uh, but there's other parts of the economy which have been equally hit uh, very hard, and that's business spending, exports and imports. Uh, so that's a good indication that perhaps those global supply constraints are affecting production in Japan. Uh, a big chunk of factory production is, in, is of cars, and that relies on chips, which we know are in shortage globally, and also relies on car parts, which are made in other countries, uh, particularly in Southeast Asia, and they could be grappling with their own COVID outbreaks. Can we go into that in a bit more detail? Exports down 2.1% for the quarter. So what does it exactly mean for consumers, especially those of us in Australia, looking for things like electronics, I guess, made in Japan? For Aussie consumers, it's going to mean that the supply of these goods, particularly cars and other vehicles, which uh, we get a lot from, from Japan, that supply is still going to be quite tight. And so um, that some of the things that we've been seeing over the past year, very high prices for secondhand cards, those are likely to persist. Uh, a, a lack of new stock 
in uh, in car dealerships. Uh, that's likely to keep going on. Uh, and, uh, you know, certain electronics is also possible, but we do, um, in, in terms of what we get directly from Japan, cars is the, our biggest import. And finally, though, um, what are economists uh, expecting will happen to the Japanese economy going forward? Are we expecting, like we're seeing around the rest of the world, a rebound? We are expecting a rebound. COVID cases have fallen since then, and that state of emergency was lifted on the 1st of October. So we do anticipate some bounce back, uh, particularly in consumer spending. Uh, where it is a bit more clouded is uh, where we're seeing these supply constraints affecting uh, business spending and production. That's a little bit uh, less clear. Certainly if these supply constraints are ongoing and do persist, in some parts of the world and are still affecting these constraints, uh, then, uh, you know, we could see parts of Japan's economy um, still being hit. It all depends on this idea of how permanent these uh, constraints from COVID-19 are. And I think what we're seeing now is it's proving that uh, it's affecting the world so much longer than what we would have thought previously. Janu Chan there, independent economist based out of Hong Kong. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 